Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Who doesn't love shopping at Target? Did you know the all-new Target Circle is the free and easy way to get the most deals at Target? And when you pay with your Target Circle card, you can save an extra 5% your way every day. But wait, there's more. Now you've got a new way to save with Target Circle 360. With unlimited same-day delivery, Target Circle 360 is the fastest way to get your order to your door or someone else's. Right now, sign up for Target Circle 360 for just $49 for your first year of membership. That's $50 off the regular price. Visit Target.com slash Circle or the Target app for more details. Same-day delivery is subject to terms, applies to orders over $35. For 5% discount, restrictions apply. See program rules in-store or at Target.com slash Circle Card. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am all in. I am all in with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Scott Patterson, and this is the I Am All In podcast, iHeartRadio 111 Productions. The ins and outs of ins. This is season two, episode eight, seven, eight. I got it. Yes. Eight. Boom. Nailed it. Hello. Don't have to redo it. Thank you very much. What an episode. This is my favorite episode so far. I loved just about everything about this episode. I was so exciting to hear. I was charmed by the, all of it. I was so moved and so charmed and so pleased by this episode. And I think it had, look, you know what I think really matters? I think, 
I think guest stars matter. Elizabeth mm-hmm. Franz matters. She gave a brilliant performance in this. Mm-hmm. And she was the she she was the 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 treasure that everybody was looking for for answers. You know, Emily went mm-hmm. to her, Lorelai went to her, everybody went to her. And um I just, you know, I I I have never liked the characters in this show more than I like them or love them in this episode. It, I mean, Elizabeth it, is Mia, the inn owner, just so everybody. She, right. She, Mia, the, with the, the, who came in to, uh, uh, to visit, to drop in on Lorelai and see how things were going. And then they got into the whole, well, let's get into it. So, so I just, I have so much to say about this episode. I loved it so much. Give it to um, us. I, I love guess, it. Uh, hello, Danielle Romo. Hello, Riley Pelusis. Hello, Amy Sugarman. And I guess Riley, give us a rundown. Give us a synopsis. This is season two, episode eight, The Ins and Outs of Inns, air date November 20th, 2001. Lorelai and Suki have the first fight of their long friendship when upon hearing that the Independence Inn may be sold. Lorelai panics and decides that their shared dream of opening the inn together is doomed to failure. Well, I'll tell you what, a, you know, there's far more meat on the bone than just that, but that was definitely the A story. Um, how does everybody feel about Okay, so let's unpack this. So yes, uh, uh, they they go they you know Mia shows up, drops in on Lorelai, say hello, and that's perfect timing because you know they want to buy uh, they want to buy that old what is it the old Independence Center? It's the old Dragonfly. They, they call it the Rachel property. The Rachel property. They want to buy the so Rachel sorry. property. We don't know how much it costs. We do know right. that the Independence Center is five times as much money to purchase. So that's out of the question. If mm-hmm. they want to sort of retool that place or just preserve it and, and take over the business, that's not going to be possible. Right. Um, so they have this, this ramshackle broken down property on the edge of town. <laughs> right. And uh, they want to b- purchase it, refurbish it and open up their own business. Good for them. Mia shows up and they get into it. And why haven't, you know, Suki and, and Lorelai get into the whole, nuts and bolts of it. And, and, you know, you need mm-hmm. to tell her that you're thinking about leaving this job. And then we find out that Mia is the one that took her in when she was 16 with a little mm-hmm. baby and took care of her and, and was her mother basically. Yeah. And it was very deep rooted and very moving actually uh, finding out all this information, all this expository and for uh, all this exposition in this, in this episode. And then uh, we get to the point where, where uh, Suki and Lorelai get into this knockdown, drag out, mm. verbal. Painful. It was. It was hard to watch because they're such good friends and they're so great together. And to see them in conflict like that was, was upsetting. Mm-hmm. It was, it was mm-hmm. truly upsetting. And I think, uh, and, and, I, and it really hit me on a personal level when I realized why she was having such a difficult, why, why Lorelai was having such a difficult time letting go of the independence. And after she realized mm-hmm. Hey, this is where I had, this is where I raised my baby. You know, mm-hmm. this is where I came. And, you know, I know how this feels because I just let go of my house of 18 years. And this is where, you know, we had, mm-hmm. this is where we had our baby. And it, it affected us deeply to sell that house, even though it was time to go and, you know, um, and, you know, get into a new sort of situation. Um, mm-hmm. But it's deeply, deeply emotional. And it was so beautifully drawn out in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad they kissed and made up. <laughs> That's yes. for sure. 
But I think other highlights are, you know, the the, the arc that is Jess and what he's going Agreed. through and the chalk outline and the town meeting. I, th- I thought that yes. town meeting was a, l- a little extreme, but th- until I realized how many incidents Jess authored in that town, you know, in a negative sense. I, was like, I thought it was significant also because Lorelai really was team Luke. Mm-hmm. She was stood up in front of the town to, to have your back. And right. I thought that was, that was major. And also Rory stood up for me to Jess. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you know, yes. what, this guy's just, he's a pariah now. I didn't think I was a pariah. I was always. A well, pariah. and that worked. Did. Suddenly the toaster's fixed. Yeah, suddenly the toaster's fixed. He just She's fixed got a the ton of influence on him right away. I, uh, you know, Milo knocked me out in this episode. He really did. He showed what a skilled, subtle actor he is. Um, and he's just really easy on the eyes. I mean, there isn't a bad angle. And <laughs> I just kept thinking, why didn't this guy become a movie star? Because he had, you know, he, maybe it was, he just didn't feel modern enough. I don't know. Was he kind of a, does he, at that time, did he feel like a throwback to? Just feels very James Dean. He, to right, me. right. Yeah. I mean, rebellious and, and yeah, sullen yeah. and withdrawn and, you know, soft spoken. I mean, that's all very powerful. But, but is I would, it, yeah, I think he's become a huge star. Right. Absolutely. No, absolutely. In television. Yes. Yeah. But not yeah. on the, not on the silver screen. And I always wondered why that never happened. And I know Maybe. that he. I know that he had some difficulty after Gilmore and after Heroes trying to get his own series. And, you know, network executives saying to him, you know, you're just not the lead of a series. Sorry. (gasps) No, that happened to him a couple of times. And because what's so fascinating is I'm glad you bring up Heroes. And then obviously this is us. He stands out Mm -hmm. in, in an ensemble cast like Gilmore Heroes. This is us he becomes that shiny object. He mm-hmm. really stands out in each of those projects. Just, I mean, talk about, if you were going to build an actor for stardom, it would look and sound and feel like Milo. It really would. Um, he's just, I love I, Jess too. I love the I character. I think the chalk outline is hysterical. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> It really was. And uh, so genius. Like for the for the bad boy, he's not actually ever really harming anything. I mean, I think when he stole the money, that was probably yeah, not good. But not good. the the chalk outline is literally harming no one mm-hmm. and hilarious because Taylor is Taylor just at his best. Decided. I thought Taylor was at his I best so. and, and, and most frothy. Uh, yes. I mean, it was just unhinged. He came in the diner. I love that scene between Luke and, and, and Taylor the most, the most. It was just such a grand scene. Um, anyway, uh, God, so much going on this episode. There's so many things to break down. Cause I want to hear you talk about more about Mia and Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Lorelai's fight with Suki and Luke and Lorelai in this episode. And then all the way, I want to hear your thoughts on Emily at the end. So I don't know where to begin. Just, you know, I'm going to start at my favorite moment for Luke in the entire piece uh, so far in all of the episodes that I've seen so far. I have not seen. Oh my God, wait. I I have, uh, right? Okay. Commercial first, let the people hang. (laughs) What a tease. 
All right, I guess we should take a break, huh? Right, let's take a break. And then when we come back, I'm going to discuss my all-time favorite moment so far to date oh. of, for Luke. Uh, we'll be back after these words. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous <laughs> of your generation yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, we're back. We're going to get into how I feel about Luke and, and his favorite, my favorite moment uh, seeing Luke. It's when I really fell in love with the character and realized what Luke really is to that town and what he's capable of. I, I, I saw it in bits and pieces watching this, but now when Mia comes into the diner and he sees her and he smiles, he lights up, he comes out from behind the diner yeah. and he gives her a big hug and he and he grabs her by the shoulder and says, so good to see it. It felt like a 1950s movie yeah. where it was just this reunion. And it was just, for me, it was a beautiful moment. And it said everything there is to say about that character. And yeah. it, really about her character. About That's right. It's like her character was so beloved and so wonderful that she made everybody else look great. She elevated everybody's appeal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, guest stars matter. I mean, you drop that into the middle of stars hollow and you've got a, you've got an uh, somebody of the caliber of Elizabeth France. Cause if you look at her resume, it's filled with Emmy awards, Tony awards, uh, drama mm -hmm. desk awards. I mean, this is a very, very accomplished, uh, actress on stage, uh, and in London, but all in, in New York on Broadway. Uh, I mean, my God, what, and that a, what, seems a, what so important because if she's only had that impact on Lorelai, that's one thing, but we really see her quote power over stars hollow because of the impact she had on mm -hmm. Luke. That's where you're like, Oh wow. This woman is the town queen, the town hero. Mm -hmm. She's back and everyone loves her. And she means so much to everyone in the town. Right. I've never seen Luke look so good. I've never seen him so relaxed and happy. He, he was just filled with warmth and love and, and mm -hmm. just, you know, and it's around Lorelai, it's a little nerve wracking for him. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's a little tense, but he just, he just relaxed with, with Mia and that hug and that, Oh my God. I just, I guess I'll, I'll say this because we'll talk about it in many episodes. It's very interesting that they recast her with Kathy Baker later. Oh, did so they? I guess we'll, Yes, oh, and we'll talk about that many moons from now. Oh. But yes, because I thought she was so perfect. So maybe she was working or there's some Obviously. reason we'll, we'll discover. But. Very much in-demand theater actress. Uh, anyway, um, I've never liked Jess so much. Mm -hmm. I have never liked Luke so much. I have never liked Lorelai so much. I have never liked Rory so much. I have never liked Dean so much. And I thanked mm -hmm. the stars that... Paris was not in this episode. <laughs> I was thinking, please don't enter stage left. Please keep her out of this episode. Can we make a note, just a note somewhere that we write down that I do believe you will come around on Paris. So somebody <laughs> just write happening. that down. Note today. <laughs> I do think you will, but continue. It's just, you know, Rory's uh, yogic like balance of her psyche and her emotions and her, her her love and her warmth toward other human beings and her complete understanding of where Paris is coming from and is managing her pain and is going to help her along her path. I mean, she's so much more mature, and I've stated this pre previously, but 
But just just to have a break from Paris, I think yeah. as a yeah. steady diet, it's like no. But you know, maybe in a couple of episodes, I'll miss her, and it'll be really entertaining. But I, I, I th- would love to get your thoughts on something. Go ahead. And- and I find this to be, well, I won't even say what I think. I want Look, to I've got a couple you. more minutes. Go ahead. Shoot away. Go so ahead. what do you think or feel of Taylor often referring to Luke as young man? Well, it's condescending. It, it happened multiple times and I thought it was quite fascinating. It's just condescending. You know, that's all it is. He's just condescending to Luke and, uh, and Luke doesn't take the bait and, uh, you know, Taylor. There's something I agree with you that it's condescending and yet also endearing. There's something about. So do you think it's fatherly in a way? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that he's known him. Because Taylor, life. right? Taylor's known. Uh, Taylor knew his dad, right? Obviously. And Dealt he made reference to. Mm-hmm. Wait, was that Brian? Who's coming at you in the town meeting? Is it Brian Tarantino? No. Yes. I mean, Okay, he also yes. calls him young man. So, and I thought that was hilarious with the two of them arguing because they who was born first and the whole whole thing. So I do think it was it's condescending yet lovely. I like the. I think it makes Stars Hollow look like an even more appealing place due to the fact that Taylor would convene a meeting of the of the town of small business owners of the business owners and you know try to dr- draw up some resolution against Jess. I mean, what were they going to do? Like oust him? Are they going to right? And then like kick says, him out of the keep, town? Let's keep things moving here, boys. You know, it's very, it's just like, oh my God, this is not a meeting. This is a Thanksgiving family dinner. Right. Luke wasn't invited. I mean, oh, that, that was, was quite, that was quite the Luke rant. That was quite the rant. It was great. That was, that was a Luke rant. And it was, it was a nice moment when Lorelai backed me up and, and yeah. finished that, my thoughts. That scene has to be so hard to do. No. Well, I mean, you know, all the, that dialogue and all those people and one person screws it up and we're back to the beginning. No. Yeah. But uh, that's not a big deal. That's, that's not that big a deal. These actors are so good that they, they don't screw up very much. No. Nobody misses the beat. They all hit their marks. That's why it was so, so much crazy. fun th- to yeah. work with these 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 very talented individuals. They were, you know, they were on their cues, and that's not easy to do. I mean, that back and forth, back and forth, real quick without any without any gaps. I mean, well, I'm interested. So when you're doing you know doing a scene like that, and everyone's nailing it, is it mm-hmm. like the perfect tennis match, or you know? winning a marathon, some sort of, does it give you that sort of like adrenaline and high? Like, do you, you know what? It, yes. But do you know what it feels like? It feels like real life. It doesn't feel like you're in a scene acting. It feels like you're really, this is really happening because every, Whoa. everybody's energy level and focus is the same. We're all on the same wavelength and that's what makes it all possible. And it just makes it feel real. Wow. That's what it feels like. And that's where you're trying to get, you know? So is there some element, and, and forgive me if I'm crazy, of like that Sally Struthers is Babette to you, is Sally Struthers is Babette. Like, do they, as the years go on, do characters sort of blur with their per, their real life person? Yeah. I mean, she's just so upbeat and positive anyway. Mm-hmm. But as you saw in the Friendsgiving, she's very introspective and philosophical, mm-hmm. and, you know, extremely bright. Not that Babette wasn't, 
Right. But she was just a different kind of smart, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She, uh, but, but I, uh, you know, uh, Sally herself is so self-aware and she's <laughs> so studied and she just really knows who she is. And I think Babette is too, just in a different way. Um, uh, but yeah, but I mean, look, Sally's such a professional. She comes on the set and she's on. And her yeah. job when she's not acting in between setups is, is to keep that place light. And I think the real theater professionals know how to do that because they want the set to not get tight or tense or boring or the energy uh, low. They want to keep it up. So they tell stories, they tell jokes, they sing songs, they keep it up and lively and they keep everybody happy because they want those, they want the atoms to be flying around and everything positive. So that's when they do their best work. It's really making me want to know from you, Mm -hmm. what does it feel like to Scott Patterson that you are Luke? Like, truly, for millions of people, you will never really be Scott. You're always going to have an element of, oh, that's Luke to them. I have that same thing with Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, I don't really know where Carrie Bradshaw ends and Sarah Jessica Parker begins, because to me, I just worship them both because I love Carrie Bradshaw. So like, what does that feel like to you that like you are Luke? I don't know that you'll have another role that defines you. No, probably not. You know, uh, most likely not. Um, What does it feel like? It just, it's just such a, it's just another person. It's just a, a, I don't know. I feel like an accomplished craftsman who crafted a character and I feel like I did a good job Yes. so far from what I'm seeing. I'm not like, you know, a hundred percent on it. I, I, there's some flaws here and there, (laughs) Uh, but I don't know. I just feel good about it. You know, I feel good about it. I mean, I, it's like everywhere I go, people recognize me Yeah. and they're just, you know, they get to have their, Oh my God. I mean, there's a, there's a girl in the gym who I do videos for her mother, sick mother up in Minnesota. And she, they're just so nice. They come up and say, oh, my God, my mom and I bonded over you. And she's not doing well. And she's going in for a surgery and a procedure. Could you, could you just say hi to her? Or, or can I take a photo with you? You know, let's, let's, so I've done like two videos. Every time I go into the gym, I'm doing a video for her mom because I want her mom to feel better. So it's like, yeah. it's almost like this gift where, yeah. you know, you can share this with people. And it just lifts their spirits. I mean, nobody's coming up to me as Scott and saying, hey, you look like a real swell guy. My mom's not <laughs> feeling well. Uh, <laughs> could you make a little video for <laughs> Right. It's just, it's just due to the fact that these people, you know, bonded over this show. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, it's, and I don't want to sound too cornball here, but it's kind of a responsibility. I, I feel agree. a response. I feel a responsibility to the fans. I can, do. I can really you imagine do. if someone met you and then they walk away and they're like, Luke's an asshole. <laughs> That'd be awful. <laughs> That's probably happened a few times. <laughs> Maybe at the golf course. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because only to only, only to old men who try to steal my golf balls when I'm not looking. Then I'm a little <laughs> bit like, hey, what are you doing? Get away, Vulture. It's interesting to think about because Milo really is Jess, but he yeah. also is is the is the guy from This Is Us now. Right. For Lauren, I think she is Lorelai. Like even though she went on in Parenthood was amazing, I still am like mm, she's still Lorelai. Right. There's she's not getting away from that. Yeah. You know, 
It's like, Alexis, what, that's though. the girl from the Mighty Ducks. Oh, no, it's like that's Lorelai. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Lorelai's in the Mighty Ducks. Uh-huh. Although Alexis, to me, when I think of her now, it's hard for me to not think of The Handmaid's Tale because the performance is Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <gasps> Come on, Alexis Medell is Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <laughs> Riley, back me up. A hundred percent. First thing that comes to mind: Sisterhood Thank of the you. Traveling Pants. Really? I never, I, I never saw those movies. Thought of that. Never saw those movies. Although I hear they're delightful. I wouldn't have even delightful. thought of that. I, to me, it's Rory, but then The Handmaid's Tale is just. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen that, it is in- unbelievable. I mean, it'll. But I think yeah. if you're handed things that are well written and well crafted to begin with, and you don't screw them up, you've got half a shot at leaving somewhat of a legacy. Yeah. You know, behind. You've got a shot. And I think that's what happened here with this character and with other characters in the show. People are leaving behind a legacy for, for people to hang on to. Well, I I, and, I love that you bring that up because in this, maybe one of the reasons this episode is so wonderful is because we get a little glimpse of Luke as a kid, just uh-huh. with the Mia and Taylor and mm-hmm. then the Star Trek references. Like, there's just some mm-hmm. things where we're like, hey, this guy was a kid once, which I don't think many people think about because he's so gruff, manly Luke. Yeah, I, you know, gosh. I, it's hard for me to really evaluate Luke with this hard shell. You know, I just, it's just how it felt. It felt right. It's just like, this has to be, this is how it's going to be. This character came alive in me and this was the interpretation. Mm-hmm. It's just an interpretation and different actors going to interpret it differently. Um, but it's just how I did it. And it's nothing like me. Uh, well, there are some aspects, but it's, but it's, I can't evaluate it. I can't really. I love I his fierce loyalty. I don't, I don't know why. I think I don't understand as well as fans um, or people that can be uh, 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 objective about it um, as to why he had such an impact. He's so likable because I will say this, even though it's like a little bit embarrassing. And I'm not fishing. When, no, I'm but just, I, this is what I will say. Yeah. 20 years ago, when I watched this show for the first time, it was like the ultimate crush on Luke. And I think, <laughs> I'm telling you, I think that, I think a lot of. Pause, pause. What? Hang on, I got to take a knee here. I got to towel discuss, off. I can't, we need to discuss <laughs> this a little further. I already, take, Luke doesn't have a, a huge crush on Luke. I don't, I still do. Because you know, it's really weird when I watch these episodes. It's not this same, I don't. You guys, don't it. It's so good. <laughs> I did. It's so good. I, I a huge it. crush I on it. Luke. And I even now when I watch it, I still crush on Luke. Oh my God. Somebody, I hope people defend me on this. I'm not saying I'm like, oh, I love Scott. Like, uh. it's like, I love Luke. <laughs> I do. Look at Danielle covering her eyes. <laughs> I would like to know that Amy's as red as her red sweater that she's wearing. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. The, the people. I, I, look, I think I, I think I walked into something that was so well drawn to begin with that it was going to be very difficult to look bad in that role, no matter who you put in there. But I think I gave it a specific flavor. Somebody else could have given it a, 
another flavor, maybe equally as appealing. Who knows? But no. um, it just felt right. I don't think so, because all that comes to mind is Eric Stoltz and Back to the Future. And it's, <laughs> it's so bad. It's so uh, bad. And Michael uh, J. Fox right. is, it, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And yeah. Eric Stoltz. Yeah. So I don't think that any actor can just nail a part. It's like. It's got to, right. It's got to be a perfect fit. And I think this for was. It to be, if, right. For it, I, I believe that it and was. And I feel the Correct. same way about Lauren playing Lorelai. I just, agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. I think that was her role that was she was meant to play. And I think Luke was my role that I was meant to play. Nobody else could have played it. Um, and there you go. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's like you hang in there long enough, you know, something might come. Can we talk oh, boy, about toast, toaster gate? Toaster gate. <laughs> toaster. So Luke working on the toaster. Do we need a break, Can't Danielle? Do we need to take a break and then we'll talk about toaster gate? Yeah, let's take a break. You know what? Before we get, let's leave the fans just panting with anticipation <laughs> over toaster gate. What could that possibly bring? Anyway, we're going to take a break. We're going to towel off. Everybody's taking a knee. We're going to get some Gatorade. We're going to be fine. All right. All right. All right, everybody. We'll be back after these words. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. <laughs> People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy, yeah. right? And basically have conversations 
that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, we're back, and we're going to talk about Toastergate. Dubbed by Amy Sugarman uh, at Sugarman Sugar Shack. Uh, are you going to open that store? Are we? Do we want to open that store? Sugar Shack or Chocolate, Luke's Diner? Sugar Shack. I open Amy Luke's Sugar Diner. Shack. Chocolatery. Chocolatarian. Yeah, we could. Chocol- Let's keep, we'll keep trying. I, I don't Choco- know. Did you say there's not a lot of money in chocolate? I think chocolate is a tough business. <laughs> And I think it's it's a highly saturated field. No pun. I love asking you about money, particularly right now, as Lorelai went to Luke to learn about her LLC and all the right, all the things. Right, building the moat around your personal f- money in your home. But first, to- Toastergate right. first. You, you Toastergate. Well, all right. So listen, when when the youngins get taken out to the woodshed to get get their canin. Uh, and they learn their lessons from their sore rumps. Uh, then they come in and fix a toaster, but they don't tell you about it. They just do it grudgingly. Right. And, uh, you know, Luke was sitting there fixing a toaster. I guess Jess is some kind of mechanical genius. Cause he saw that it wasn't working and it wasn't going to work the way I was doing it. Cause I was like jamming a screwdriver down <laughs> so there. So dangerous. Yeah. Well, it was unplugged. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not an idiot, All right? I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna like. Can you imagine that? Um, Luke's electrocuted. Horrible. Electrocuted. Um. So, anyway, Jess comes along, says, "You're not doing it right, whatever." And then, and then after his tongue lashing from Rory, mm-hmm. that's what I was gonna ask the, you about over his mischief, right? And of course, Jess always uses that to provoke, and Dean was provoked, and. I love Dean's little look at him as he was walking away. Like what just happened? You know? <laughs> it's like, I want to kick this kid's ass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd mess with Dean. I mean, we're talking, uh, you know, my, what's Milo five, nine, five, 10. And, and, and Jared's six, four. I mean, they're going to, they're going to go up against each other. Yeah, He's going to go up against six, four. Jess is going to win wow. every time. Jeez. Scrappy. Is he scrappy? He's, One of those he's guys. so smart. That's why Jess is like a freaking genius. 
But keep going mm. about Toastergate. He kind of is, right? Yes. He kind of character is. Oh, he's yeah, he is. Um, so then, you know, towards the end uh, uh, of the episode, uh, Luke sees that the toaster's fixed, and we all see that it's 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 Jess's doing because Jess walks and the by. Glance. Goes, the glance where Rory's the glance, right? Right, and then the glance at Rory, and then it's like Mr. Cool is out the door. He's got everything under control. Yeah, even though yeah, Mr. Cool's out the door. But exactly, Mr. Cool's out the door. Yeah, um, I think it's major because Rory is the really the only one that's got an influence over Jess, and she really does. Hmm. That scene was yeah, he, major when she's talking to him and saying, "You're hurting Luke." And I can't stand here and allow it. Right. Well, you've, you're dealing with a 16-year-old girl who has substance, who is still a 16-year-old girl, but she's a little more mature for her age than your average 16-year-old girl. And yeah, you're a great-looking guy, and you're super cool, and you're James Dean, come back to life, the whole deal. But that don't impress me <laughs> none. <laughs> Unless you're a good person. Yeah. You know, because we live in a small town here and your values are not aligning with these town values. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you go be cute somewhere else. Yeah. But that's finally she stood up for Luke. I loved it. I was very proud yeah, of Yeah. I mean, they moment. both did in this episode yeah. and uh, I liked it too. Yeah. I thought they, that's their boy. You know, it was very boyfriendy, fatherly just very like it was important that's that's was my takeaway it, it yeah it really solidified them as a unit uh at least on a friendship level potentially a romantic level and how she views luke and how her real feelings came out about luke about what a what a good influence he's been on her life and has had her back so it's like you know we don't do that around here buddy you know yeah she'll stomp on him She'll she'll stomp on him if he messes with she he continues to yeah. mess with Luke. So yeah, I, I think it's nothing Luke did or said. That was the wake up call. Rory gave him the wake yeah. up call. So for me, the, mm -hmm. the two most important moments were Toaster Gate and Emily. Is both brief moments, but Emily and Mia. Yep. Whoa. Yeah, that was that was heavy. Mm -hmm. It was a tear jerking moment for sure. Not a dry eye in my media room. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, and, and okay, so let, let, let me ask you this to start. You're Mia. Lorelai comes to your inn. She's cold. She's wet. She's got the baby. Do you do what she did, or do you do what Emily said she should have done? That was a crucial line, and it what a, what a great line, you know? It, and I'll set it up for the audience. They already know, but it's like, Emily said to her, yes, I took her in and took care of her. And Emily said, did it ever occur to you to maybe just turn her around and send mm -hmm. her home? And it was just I could cry. so fraught. I mean, th that's the thing about Kelly Bishop, mm -hmm. how she can play a scene on so many different levels emotionally. Yeah. The range of her feelings and the range of her emotions uh, that, that, uh, dancing across her face and you could just hear the flicker in her eyes about the guilt she felt and the the anger that she felt that she wasn't 
um, that Mia didn't turn around yeah. and send her home. It's her daughter. That's my granddaughter and my daughter. How dare you? You know, why didn't you? And then the regret as she turned around and, and the grand lady that she is thanking, showing that vulnerability and saying thank you at the end of it. There was I mean, so it just much, broke my heart. I, mean, I it was, agree. It's just heartbreaking right now talking about it because yeah. I don't know. You know, usually I'm like, that person's right, that person's wrong. I don't know who right. was right or wrong in that they conversation. Were both, they, she was right and she was wrong, I guess. But, she, you know, she erred on the side of caution. She listened to a 16-year-old girl's tale mm-hmm. of she felt abandoned by her family. She felt out of touch with her family. She felt like all this life was being shoved down her throat and she had to escape mm. because she didn't feel it. She didn't want it, obviously. There's a lot we don't know about. Right, right, right. So it's, it's, it's active in our minds and our imaginations about what really went down. The nuance of that scene, I mean, I could I could just start crying right now because mm-hmm. when she walks away and she, you know, she bomb, she kind of mic drops her like I would have turned her around and sent her back to her family. And then she walks right. to the door and she looks back and says, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. I can't. I'm not going to be able to say this. When she says, oh, my God. She mm-hmm. says, do you have pictures? Okay. And then Mia says. Yeah. I'll have a box to you tomorrow. And the like conversation with two of them. It's <laughs> right. right. So. Because, because it's the loss of time. It's the loss. It's a mother's loss of her daughter <sighs> because she is lost to her. They are two completely separate entities. They are not bonded. Right. And they, and she wants and to be so bad. And, it's the same pain you felt when she realized guys let's reach out and give Amy a virtual <laughs> God, it's so Come major on. because and then I Mia know. is so there, kind there. and says I'll have the box to you tomorrow yeah I mean the, the level of humanity in that scene was second to none I mean there's a lot of humanity in that show yeah I mean there's a lot of goodness and and values in that show at that moment. I don't know that there's been a, a, a more humanity in any scene yeah. because it was just so stark. So, so clear of the loss of my daughter and Emily feeling it so deeply and how she's going to express that to Mia. Cause she was angry at her. She, she tongue lashed her a little bit. She thanked her. Yeah. She was grateful for her. You're the woman that replaced me. You're the woman that I should have been to my daughter. If I were more like you, Mia, I would not have lost her. Mia, knowing who she was and knowing I knew you'd come. I knew we would have this right. moment. Mm-hmm. It was Ooh. fate. Yeah, it was It was a, the most, maybe the most powerful moment of the show so yeah, far. I, I would say up there. Richard's heart attack yeah. stands out to me as that was very significant but that right but that was out of nowhere that just sort of came out of nowhere it it was powerful i agree with you but i think that i think that moment had that moment had been set up since day one yeah i can't think of another moment so far and each episode kept tilling the soil and planting the seeds and you know we were watching this moment grow and grow and grow until it finally matured in that scene and it was like it was devastating. It was. It, I, it really I did was. too. I, I mean, I, I, I cried my eyes out last night. Yeah. 
It was. It was the fight. And then, and then my think, wife, my wife knocks on the door. Says, "Are you okay?" No, just watching a football game. You know, I'm a little upset. The fight <laughs> so, between. Can you get me another beer? The fight between Lorelai and Suki was also, oof, not as emotional, mm-hmm. but more painful. Like, oh god, that kind of took a back. Yeah, this was more. Oof, wow. Yeah. Heavy. That fight between Lorelai and not to jump around, but um, that's kind of what we do here. Uh, oh, <laughs> we have, we're not, uh, we don't have any plan. <laughs> but, you know, that's the beauty of it. That's what I love about it. It's just, you know, I love freestyling with you guys. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it, it lacked, it lacked some impact, but it, it was also very necessary. That maybe that arc, you know, that storyline with the fight and then getting back, you know, yeah. making up, you know, that's all necessary to show the stakes to how, how high the stakes are for it those two and all that. Not at all. No. Because then Emily comes on stage and it's all over folks, because oh. you know, this is, this is what it's about. Right. It's like, I keep boom. going back to the portrait. You know, it's not, it's not called Gilmore Girls and the Chef, right? Portrait where she's just holding her arm up. <laughs> Everybody needs to send in their weird ass portraits. Like, oh, I mean, I've funny. seen some creepy ones. Like, have you ever? That I don't. I don't think it's a thing as much anymore. But when I was young, everyone was getting their portrait done, and I used quotes, and it was mm-hmm. so the mm-hmm. paintings turned out so creepy. I, uh, I, I was not, uh, uh, ever asked to pose for a portrait. I was not privy. I was not, uh, uh, aware that anybody in, in my neighborhood was posing for portraits. We were a portrait family, but we did photo. We had to go and get our photo port. Not, and I'm not saying Sears, like this was like, but right. in my town, yes, there was this artist and she did all the portraits and it's quite expensive. And it was exactly like that, where you had to sit there for a hundred hours and like pose. And then they, you got painted and then they, you know, that's really nice. That's a nice I mean, family it, thing it, to do. I mean, that's it, a nice bonding experience. It's so I, I don't know. I think, but it's I, nice. yeah, I'm curious how many people have some great. Portraits. I think I actually might, that gives, I think I might do that with my family. You should. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it. Make I'm your gonna, kid gonna, hold his arm I, up. That's kind of nice. I'd love to have a Make portrait. Make your kid hold his arm up with a swan in front of him. <laughs> no, with a robot. Oh my God, you guys, I'm going to have to take <laughs> him a Advil after portrait. that. God. <laughs> I cried so much. I'm literally going to have to take Advil after this show. Oh, because you're, you're blocked <laughs> up your sinuses? I cried so much. It's going to give me a headache. Oh, my goodness. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a powerful powerful episode. It really showed everybody in their best light and their most vulnerable and their most giving and their most supportive and it was just a joy to watch that episode. And setting us so on and a trajectory I, I, of so many things. Yeah. And I knew any moment that Paris was not going to show up and I was just so relieved. I needed a break from her. I do. But I think she's going to grow you. on you. I do. I do. I want to get to the point where I'm entertained by it, but it just. Well, Paris is my favorite. Really? Yeah. I just think she's, she's turned into a cartoon and it's kind of over for that character for me. I don't get it. I don't get why anybody's uh, interested in it. She needs to be in therapy. It's just like, it's, it's too, it's just too much. 
which is why she's my favorite character. She's too hateful. <laughs> I will say I also, love oh, I love food her. in the show looks so incredible. Like there's a scene mm-hmm. where Lorelai goes into the kitchen and I'm like, literally that food is the most mm-hmm. delicious, beautiful looking mm-hmm. television food I've ever seen in my whole oh, life. Oh yeah. Oh no, I it it's really they did a great job on that. Um yeah, I was salivating. I mean, I, I watched the episode after dinner and I was I got hungry again. So I had to get a second helping. How do I get invited um, in to that kitchen. Place. And it's like, it's a testament to, to Melissa's acting because she's so good at at acting like a chef and doing, totally. so she did all her homework and all of that stuff she's doing is what a chef totally. would be doing. I thought the same thing. So it looks like, oh, this is a real chef preparing a real meal and it's very special and oh, you can same smell it. And you want to taste it. I mean, it feels like it's almost time. It's almost that time. I don't know what else. What else haven't we? Uh, there's got to be something that we didn't we didn't I think cover. We nailed it. I think we'll talk more about your Star Trek love and pop culture. I think there was some mention <laughs> of Luke skateboarding, which I thought, oh, that's an, yes. that's unexpected. I didn't picture that. I did. I skateboarded as a kid too. That's when it was the craze was just beginning. Oh my god. No way. I was out in front of my house skateboarding down the street with all my friends. Uh, Oh, you know, I do have one question Mm -hmm. and everyone's going to be mad that I don't know this, but is the woman that owns the Rachel property, the same woman that did the the wedding cake? Is that the same bakery? Is that who that is? Does anyone know? Oh, Riley, can you try Uh, to figure that out? So I don't know. And we might have to do it next week because it might be a little bit more of a dig, but is that the same woman? But isn't it, it? But isn't it interesting? Her function in the show was to set up the Mia totally. stuff because she couldn't let go of the dragonfly in because it was like her child. She didn't have any. She didn't have any <sighs> children. She didn't. And no, everybody was dead. She was the last one alive. So hilarious! By and the her, way, her her only family was the, that broken down dragonfly <laughs> in. So she's definitely <laughs> not going to sell it. Say like, what are you going to do with it after you die? But they don't want to say. <laughs> And then the shock, and then the shock on Lorelai's face when Mia seemed pleased that she was leaving because, oh gosh, now I can take one of the offers, and I can sell it and move on. Uh, the Independence Inn, that is, I'm talking about. And it just, and then it hit Lorelai like, the my God, it's like my life yeah. is really changing, and I'm like getting out of my comfort zone a little here. I'm so comfortable in this town. I love this town. I love this job. I love these people. This woman's been so supportive. I raised my baby here, yeah. you know, and now. It's just going to be in new ownership and I'm not going to be here anymore. And I will say before we do pop culture, subtle but important was the the mention of Richard in Akron. That it's like he's gone to Akron to sort of do this crappy insurance thing so that we don't forget Richard's work is a little messed up right now. So... Yeah, there are two, two, exactly. There are two, um, two places in this episode that bugged me that I didn't think really, I, I thought they should have, uh, I, I did not like the opening. I did not like how it made Lorelei look. I didn't, the oh, dinner right. table oh. stuff was, yeah. The portrait oh, yeah. conversation yeah, and yeah. Lorelei being so antagonistic and, childish about it and i just thought boy this is over the top i mean aren't we beyond this now um 
Sorry, that's no, just fair. how I felt. You know, I, these openings are hard, and I just, I just didn't like her character. It's like her care. I, you know, I, I go back and forth uh, between really loving her and then just sort of disliking her in these moments where she's antagonizing her mother so much, and to the point where Emily just like slammed her fork down on the or the yeah. salt shaker down on the table, just like, hey, stop. <laughs> it's like I don't blame her. Uh, and then you know those jokes for me, uh, with me and 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 that I can't I couldn't understand a word. And then Michelle was like speaking, and then Rory was interpreting. Oh, he says he doesn't <laughs> like you. Oh, he says you should get the heck out of there. You know, I didn't find that funny or endearing in any way, shape. Yeah, or no, form. I mean that's fair. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of clumsy. <laughs> so I, you know, look as much as I love this episode. For me, it's my favorite episode so far. There was a couple of glitches for me in there that's fair anyway, right I, I like hearing anyway, yeah, you know you can't it can't all be and all be unicorns and rainbows right. and perfect we have to have some things that you're like no. Meh. right so we're gonna do pop culture riley we're gonna get into pop culture but amy that was a great call um so fran weston who owns a little bakery she was also in red light on the wedding night and she will be in one more episode season three episode 18 happy birthday wow. baby okay good Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. <laughs> People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? And basically have conversations 
questions that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're on, Riley. Let's I'm light on. it up. Pop culture with Riley Pelusis, ladies and gentlemen. Woo. Let me say that again. Woo! Pop culture yeah. with Riley, Riley Pelusis, go, ladies Riley and go. gentlemen. Woo. Here she is, Riley Pelusis <laughs> with Pop Culture. Thank you so much for the introduction. Um, so first, I'm so excited for this pop culture, this episode. There's some really great stuff in here. So first off, Lorelai is warning Rory not to ask Emily any further about uh, at dinner about the portrait. And Lorelai says, danger, Will Robinson, danger. This is a reference to Lost in Space, an American science fiction television series, which originally aired between 1965 and 1968 on CBS. The show's most famous catchphrase is, in fact, Danger Will Robinson. The phrase was actually uttered only once in the entire 83-episode series. Is that right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the series was rebooted in 2018, and the season three premiere was actually last week on the Sci-Fi Channel. Hmm. Um, June Lockhart from the original series had the biggest parking space on the 20th Century Fox lot (laughs) um, because she would often drive her favorite vehicle to work, which was a 1923 fire engine. Wow. Are you and what? Will Robinson was played by Bill Moomy, and the robot costume was top heavy with a 250 pound upper section and 100 to 125 lower section. Jesus. Not really sure how anyone moves in that kind of costume. And there was actually a Lost in Space 1998 film starring William Hurt, Matt LeBlanc, Gary Oldman, and Heather Graham. I wanted to become an actor because of William <laughs> Hurt's performance in Altered States in the early 80s. That's what made me want to become a small tidbit, Not Riley, that I, that I wanted to add. When yes. you just mm-hmm. revealed that they only said Danger Will Robinson once, it made me look up this and, and it'll lead us into some of our Star Trek pop culture. You know, beam me up, Scotty. Though mm-hmm. it has become irrevocably associated with the series and films, the exact phrase was never actually spoken in any Star Trek television episodes or film. How is that possible? Shatner never said, beam me up, Scotty. So we might have to do some more digging on that, but that's what's so crazy. Like, 
Huh. We I, people say danger Will Robinson in Pat like all the time. How oh, the timing? We just I just did New York Comic Con and I was sitting at a table in the green room with William Shatner. I could have asked him. Oh, before he went to space or after? Before the like couple of days before he went to space. Love yeah. me some Shatner. He was talking about going to space. We're all sitting around listening to him. I talk love me about some Shatner. Space. Wait, Riley, can we do the Star Trek ones now? Because <laughs> Riley and I were going over this yesterday and, and we had the big debate because who's hotter, Shatner or Chris Pine? And here's the thing Shatner was a hottie when he was on Star Trek. Like I get now he's 90, but like when he was Captain Kirk in the OG TV show. Babe, he was a babe. I'm going to recuse myself from this conversation. <laughs> I'm going to pull up a photo. Three of you. Riley, go ahead. Have had it. Well, speaking of beam me up, Scotty, it was actually said in this episode, Lorelai says, yeah, the town's too dull to work up a real murder. Rory says, but you're one beam me up, Scotty, reference away from being the victim of one. I'm holding oh, up a photo a Shatner? of Shatner when he was... In his early days as Captain Kirk. It's like Marlon Brando's Babe younger Alicious. brother. Continue. Look at that. Huh? Babe. There you go. So as we talked about, beam me up, Scotty, is a popular catchphrase that made its way into culture from the television series Star Trek, the original series. Um, actually, when NBC was promoting Star Trek in magazines, all shots of Spock's pointed eyebrows and ears were airbrushed out of the pictures because NBC thought that no one would want to watch the show due to Spock's <laughs> resemblance to the devil, <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> However, this concern like was quickly devil. invalidated upon the series airing with Spock becoming not only one of the most popular characters, but also a sex symbol with young female Hello? viewers. Agree. Um, Agree. Agree. I think no those guys were hotties back then. <laughs> and as we talked about on October, 20, uh, on October 13th, 2021, actor William Shatner um, is best known for Captain James Kirk, went to space for real aboard the Blue Origin New Shepard rocket. And this is cool. Lucille Ball heavily advocated for the show, and it was largely her influence with NBC, which led to the second chance after rejection of the original pilot. Shatner, Nichols, Takei, and Koenig are four remaining members that are still alive today. And as we previously mentioned, Adam Nimoy directed season one, episode three of Kill Me Now on Gilmore Girls, and his father is Leonard Spock, mm-hmm. or, or who played Spock. Leonard Nimoy. You know, Spock. You know Sulu was there at the New York Comic Con. The raddest. George Takei is so he was legit. There. I can't believe you met all these guys and you didn't like tell us. Oh my God, now I found a picture of Shatner with his shirt off. I'm Same. telling you now. I'm telling you now. <laughs> I'm telling you the now. <laughs> Amy, you're having your own little experience a, over okay. there, aren't you? I'm going to admit you're going this because I'm like a, I'm a trekker. Like, I love Star Trek. My, Trekkie. No, the real Trekkies call it being a trekker. And I know this because I took a whole class uh-huh. in college about Star Trek. My favorite Star Trek is Star Trek for The Voyage Home. I've seen it like 50 times. Hmm. Speaking of Sulu, um, Bootsy and Luke are having their... Their argument I'm just showing shirtless photos of William Shatner. <laughs> um, and Bootsy says, Luke's been on my case since the first grade when he wrongfully accused me of sabotaging a clay imprint that he made of his hand. And Lorelai says, Ooh, think hard. Was he dressed like Sulu? I love, I love it. That's such a good line. He could have played Tarzan. It looks like yeah, Tarzan just promotional so everybody photos. Just listening knows, I'm just holding up shirtless shots of Shatner. 
That's easy to say. It's getting very blue in here on this episode. So we're gonna have to change. We're gonna go the. We're gonna be called in front of the ratings board. Can we put a couple shirtless shots of Shatner Google on the search. Instagram so everyone can judge for themselves? I have so Definitely. many things for the Instagram. Also, I want to know poster gate. I want to know what the people think. And can we put a shirtless shot of uh, George Takai <laughs> up there too? Sure. And let's ask him on the those Instagram. Guys, those guys drank who was, a lot of who tea. Who did the right thing, Mia? Hmm? Or should Mia have done what Emily said? But anyway, I digress. Continue, Riley. So Sulu was portrayed by George Takei. And so Sulu didn't have a first name in the series, but he did get his first name in the source books. But it was not spoken on screen until Star Trek Eleven, the undiscovered... Uh, Star Trek Six, the undiscovered country. Sorry, I'm thrown <laughs> off. You can't handle it anymore. You're, you keep going, Riley. You're doing great. I think Dr. Laura would give me the same advice, so it's good. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Lorelai says she was scowling in the family portrait. Lorelai says, I was going for a Billy Idol thing. So Billy Idol first achieved fame in 1970s, emerging from the London punk rock scene as the lead singer of the group Generation X and then decided to go solo in 1981. Billy had a signature scowl, which is what Lorelai is referring to, and he played himself in the 1998 Adam Sandler movie The Wedding Singer. He nearly landed a much bigger role when he was considered for the part of the T-1000 in Terminator 2. Some of Billy's biggest hits were Rebel Yell, White Wedding, Night Crawling, and Eyes Without a Face. I used to live in Billy Idol's apartment. My first apartment in New York City was Billy Idol's old apartment, and I slept in his bed. It was a round bed. Round. Yes. And it was a huge loft apartment. Some lawyer had rented it and he was looking for a roommate. My very first night in New York, my friend Yvonne took me to Nell's and nobody got into Nell's. Madonna didn't even get to Nell's. Yvonne, they opened up the gates for her, the the the, the velvet rope. We walked into Nell's and here we are in Fairyland. And uh um and I met this lawyer guy and he said, uh, you know, uh I'm looking for a roommate. And I said, okay. And it was Billy Idol's other part. We used to get all his mail there. He kept get we kept getting Billy Idol's mail there. And his, I think his girlfriend at the time. Anyway, we would find a lot of rolled up oh. dollar bills. Oh, no. I'll God. just say that. Eek. This is the 80s. Emily's having Rory pose for her portrait. And Emily says, oh, now you have a problem with Swans and Thrones. Lorelai says, because Swans and Thrones scream one thing, Mom, Siegfried and Roy. So Siegfried and Roy are a duo of German-American magicians and entertainers, best known for their appearances with White Lions and White Tigers. In 2003, Rory was attacked by a tiger on stage, leaving him partially paralyzed. He never actually blamed the tiger, and actually, he claimed that the tiger oh. saved his life, which, I don't know. It's very interesting. In 2004, their act became the basis for the animated sitcom Father of the Pride. That's so random, but not the Father of the Bride, like the Steve Martin one, obviously. For No, Father it was like an animated sitcom. Any- oh, Father, Father Pride. Pride. <laughs> Father of the Pride. <laughs> I get it because of the lion pride. I thought you said father of the mm-hmm. pride. Um, Siegfried sadly passed away from pancreatic cancer in January of 2021, oh. and Roy passed away in May of 2020 <clears throat> due to COVID complications. So um, Michelle, Lorelai, and Suki are brainstorming on potential names for their inn, and Michelle says, <laughs> how about the money pit? <laughs> Which is very cheeky reference. Not only to Money Pit is 1986 American comedy film starring Tom Hanks and Shelley Long as a couple who attempt to renovate a recently purchased house, but also cheeky because it's logical that it's going to be a money pit. 
For the scene with the bathtub falling two floors down after being filled with water, Tom Hanks does an obnoxious laugh, which sounds like the imitation of a sea lion. This clip of him laughing is commonly used for the Universal Backlot Tour when the tour guides joke with the visitors. During breaks in filming, Tom Hanks liked to drive around the vintage, vintage Lincoln Model L series classic car, which is featured in the movie. And apparently, real Hell's Angel bikers from real Hell's Angel chapter portrayed the Hell's Angel bikers in the movie. And finally, Walter Fielding mentions to one of his colleagues about not naming yourself Meryl Streep. And Tom Hanks would actually go on and star with Meryl in the 2017's The Post. This next one's my favorite. Everyone is making claims about what Jess has done in Stars Hollow. Lorelai says, I heard he controls the weather and wrote the screenplay to Glitter. <laughs> glitter. Glitter is this 2001 American romantic musical drama film starring Mariah Carey, Max Beasley, and rapper DeBrat. In an interview with Watch What Happens Live in 2009, Mariah Carey said that she regrets making the film. It was such a bomb, and it sucked. It was so bad. So does everybody else. <laughs> I really loved the film. Did you? Is it one of those watchable Sunday afternoon films? You loved raining? Glitter? I loved it. I did. Glitter. I loved the music. I loved it. was glittery, you know? Like you loved, loved it, or you hate watching? It. Did you guys know that's a thing? Hate watching. We can talk that about talk about that another time. But you loved it. No, I fully bought a ticket. Who has to time theaters. to watch things that they hate? I mean, sometimes I do. You have to have some free time. Sometimes to do I that. can make time. So the original cut for the film ran at two and a half hours because of the music, as noted by the director, was which is what made the editing process so difficult. During filming, tracks using backup singer Mary Ann Tatum were used in place of Mariah Carey's voice to avoid bootlegging. Carey recorded her vocals close to the release date of the soundtrack, and let and all the lead vocals were used in the I film. I can't wait till rehearsed. Scott has to review it Glitter is. in the movie reviews. I'll be counting down the days, everybody. You and Henry. That would be funny. <laughs> That's probably Mary. a good idea to review that movie. And that's it for your pop culture. Riley, what's your favorite line? Thank you. I love when they're going back and forth with the names because I just feel like it's just all the names are so absurd. Or the in-in. It's like an in that's in with the in crowd. Suki says, I'm going to go sit down. Danielle. Um, okay, so mine is from, it was one of the first scenes and it's really not like a line per se. It's just like I, when it, when they said it, it was delivered so well, and I just could not stop laughing. Um, Lorelai goes, get out of here. And Emily <laughs> Emily goes, I will not get out of here. I don't know why. I just loved it so much. So good. So in the town meeting, the town meeting is happening, and Mrs. Lanahan says something, and Lorelai leans down and says, you really shouldn't be driving anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, I'm going to tell you the best line in the whole thing. And it's going to blow all your best lines out of the water. We're ready. Because this was the best line in the whole episode. Okay? And I'm not backing down from this. Because it was a genius line. And it happened in the very first scene at the dinner table when Lorelai was being a pain in the neck. And Emily said, Lorelai, should I get you a little mirror so that you could look at yourself (laughs) while you're having this conversation with yourself? That was funny, too. (laughs) I mean, that was like old school, so good. just dropping it. Just that's a mic drop line. 
terrific line. Good for Emily. And I think Luke had a couple of good lines. There was a million good, good lines in this episode. Yeah. Luke, Including, you know, was he wearing I'm a Sulu shirt? Sulu shirt. All right, kids. What Excellent. do you think? What's next week, Riley? Huh? Are we going to read the Are we oh, going to read the good and the bad reviews? We're out of time for that, but we forgot fashion. Everybody needs to say their favorite fashion moment. Riley, do you have a favorite fashion moment? I do have a favorite fashion moment. I loved Lane's blue kind of teal turtleneck with her denim jacket over it when they're looking at like the chalk outline. That is very classic. Danielle, did you grab a fashion moment? I forgot. Uh, I forgot to do it, but um, our uh, lovely producer, Riley, um, added some pictures to oh. our rundown. So I'm stealing one from there. But I got to give it to Dean with the long red t-shirt <laughs> and the puffer jacket vest over it. Hmm. I just love I won't Dean. forget for next week to add hmm. this to my list of tasks. I blew it this week. I'll say, Jesus, God, crying all over the place, falling apart emotionally all over. The- I mean, it's unbelievable. So, what's your what's your what's your I don't fashion? Because I forgot to look, so just I have to have a pass this week, and I'll do it. Because I'm not going to half-ass it and make it up right now. I'm going to do it real. So I'll start mine next week. I remembered last week. Yeah, I'm gonna again. I'm gonna recuse myself <laughs> this from this segment. But the silliness. people love it. Fashion segment. The people love it. So the we can just the girls can handle this one. All right. I'll tell you. I think uh, I like Luke's uh, shirt uh, when he hugged. Was it plaid? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was it plaid? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why. It had some red in it. Great. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and then fa- soon yeah, next week we really do need to read the um reviews. Because I especially like the one that said, Shut up, Amy. They're sitting right here screaming at me. They're both screaming at me time. right now. We're literally over. We're 20 minutes too long. All right. Next so week. So when are we going to we'll get start it with in? it next week? We'll start with All right. it. All right, everybody. That's going to be a wrap on the ins and outs of ins. Thanks for downloading Best Fans on the Planet. I'm Scott Patterson, and this is the I Am All In podcast with iHeartRadio 111 Productions. Thank you, Riley Palusas. Thank you, Danielle Roma. Thank you, Amy Sugarman. Again, thanks, best fans on the planet. Thanks for the downloads, and uh, we will see you next time. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, ScottyP.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-P.com, ScottyP.com. Grade one specialty coffee. Ah, summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. 
At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.